Open your Bibles, if you would, the Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. The name of the message is Delighting in Christ. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Delighting in Christ. We'll read verses 1 to 7. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Stay with me, flagons, comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love till he pleases. Now last week we looked at verses 1 and 2, where we saw the bridegroom, who pictures the Lord Jesus Christ, proclaim that he was the rose of Sharon and the lily among the valleys. And we consider how the rose of Sharon was a beautiful rose and was known for its beauty above other roses. We also consider that the rose is called the queen of flowers. We also consider that Christ is the lily among the valleys. Now note the singularity to the lily spoken of in our text. Many valleys, but one lily. Many valleys, but one lily. As the I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. In all things, he has the preeminence, beloved. And we saw that the lily, in, in verse 1, is a white lily, pictured, which pictured the perfect spotless righteousness of Christ, which the believer is clothed in. Then in verse 2, we saw the bridegroom call the bride the lily among thorns. And this pictured how we are in the world and surrounded by thorns, which are wicked men and wicked women, but a lily, because we are, he calls us a lily, because we are clothed in his perfect righteousness. In his perfect righteousness. His perfect spotless righteousness. And we also consider that he calls his bride my love. My love. The ancient of days. Now ponder this. The ancient of days calls his blood-bought bride, the elect of God, my love. My, oh. May we never get over that. May we never get over that. Wonders of wonders this is. My. So let's look at verse 3 of chapter 2 to start our study. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. Now, this is the bride speaking of the bridegroom. I sat under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Now, these are the words of the church, the words of the bride. And note how expressively, how expressive they are as they proclaim the personal affection that she has for him. The personal affection that she has for him. She is conscious, we know from chapter 1, 
of her not deserving to be called my love. Because by birth and, and in her natural state, and we know we come into this world dead in trespasses and sins, with no hope, absolutely dead, no ability to come to Christ unless he makes us willing, unless he makes us willing. So she knows. She knows her natural state. And she's conscious that all her beauty comes from Christ. We saw that in, in chapter 1. She's conscious that all her beauty comes from Christ. He is the sole cause of her loveliness. He is the sole cause of her loveliness. Hawker brings forth about the apple tree mentioned here. The apple tree in those warm countries was vastly superior to those in colder climates. And this, indeed, historians tell us, it was known for its loftiness and for its fruitfulness and its beauty. The apple trees here surpassed all others. Surpassed all others. Now consider this, beloved. How Christ is infinitely more superior than any other. Especially to the bride. He's infinitely more superior to any other. And Jesus... Even in our nature, God became a man, is far above angels and principalities and powers. The Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man mediator, is brought into this world under this exalted character, the first begotten, the God-man mediator. Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 1. Jehovah, God incarnate in the flesh. The perfect man. Look at what Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6 says. And again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world. He said and let all the angels of God worship him. Worship him. He's far superior. He's the God man. The Lord Jesus Christ. And in his human nature he said to be made a little lower than the angels. Yet, in that nature, united to the Godhead, he is crowned with glory and splendor. Glory and splendor. Far superior to anyone or anything. My. Far superior above all angels, above all principalities and powers. And when Jesus as God-man mediators brought into the world, God himself says, let all the angels of God worship him. The highest of angels and the best of men do not compare to him. Do not even compare to him. Think of this. Why? Because none of them could redeem themselves and none of them could redeem anyone else. He is the God-man mediator. God incarnate in the flesh come to save his people from their sins. My. So let us consider the beauty of an apple tree and the usefulness of it and the fruitfulness of the apple tree beyond all the trees of the wood in our text. Is the apple tree among the trees of the wood so is my beloved among the sons. 
let our eye again go to Christ and see Jesus in his person and in his offices. And the picture of Christ becomes clear, doesn't it? It becomes clear. Christ is the tree of life. He is the tree of life for his people. And all blessings, temporal, spiritual, and eternal, are in him. Are in him. The world is a barren tree to a soul. The world is a barren tree to the soul. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Barren tree. But Christ is a fruitful one. He's a fruitful one. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Notice in the next portion of this verse, we see that the bride delights in Christ, and she brings forth a double delight that she finds in him. A double delight that she finds in him. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. A double delight that she finds, that the bride finds in Christ. Now think of this. He is a refreshing shade for the bride. A refreshing shade for the bride. She's sheltered by him. She's sheltered by him. From, and remember, remember where they lived in biblical times. In scorching heat. So sitting under a tree and finding shade was very important and very refreshing. And the bride takes rest under his shadow. And what does it do? It fills her with great delight. It fills her with great delight. Isaiah 25.4, Scripture declares this, For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy. Are you needy? Are you needy? Are you heavy laden by sin? Oh, we who are redeemed proclaim, we're needy. <laughs> we're needy. I pray that if you're not needy, that God would show you that you're needy. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm. Is Christ your refuge? For the believer, he's our refuge from the storm. A shadow from the heat. A shadow from the heat. When the blast of the terrible ones is as, is as a storm against the wall. Now Christ is to believers as the shadow of a great tree. As a shadow of a great tree. As a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And he is the one and only hiding place for his people. The one and only refuge from the storm of God's wrath and justice. And when the believer is fatigued with the troubles of this world, and we get fatigued, don't we, with the troubles of this world. We struggle and we get fatigued with the troubles of this world. Christ alone is our resting place. Christ alone is our resting place. Elijah found rest when he sat down under a juniper tree. And the believer finds rest in Christ. We find rest in his name. Jesus, 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 my Savior and my Redeemer. We find rest in his grace and in his mercy, which is given to us in Christ. We find rest and comfort in him, 
who rules over all. We find rest in what he's done for his people. Those who were heavy laden by sin. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for our souls, beloved. Rest for our souls. And it's only found in Christ and him alone. Matthew Henry comments this. It's not enough to pass by this shadow, but we must sit under it. We must sit under it. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it, or made willing, and we shall find it not like Jonah's gourd that soon withered and left him in heat, both inward and outward, but like the tree of life, the leaves whereof were not only for shelter, but for the healing of the nations. Oh, what a Savior. What a Redeemer is Christ Jesus our Lord. And the bride says, My beloved, I sat down under his shadow with great delight. Great delight. Beloved of God, let us sit under his shadow. Let us sit under his shadow with great delight. And may we eat of the fruit of he who is the tree of life for us. We must sit down under the shadow with great delight. We must put our entire confidence in the protection this one tree provides, which is Christ, which is Christ. Only in Christ do we have satisfaction. Only in Christ are we protected. And only in him are our souls refreshed. Only in him. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Note also that our Lord is pleasing, sweet, nourishing food for the believer. This tree, being Christ, gives fruit to those who sit under its shadow. Turn, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2. Have we who are redeemed tasted? Have we not? Have we who are redeemed not tasted that the Lord is, is good, that he's gracious to us? He is, isn't he? All the time. Turn, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2. We've tasted, we who are redeemed, that the Lord is gracious. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house in holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. But note verse 3, If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Oh, he's so gracious, isn't he? So gracious to us. So full of mercy. So full of mercy. We who believe don't get what we deserve. We've obtained mercy. Mercy. The bride says, I sat down under his shadow, Christ's shadow, with great delight. And his fruit was sweet to my taste. 
What a beautiful picture is brought forth here under the influences of grace. The Lord Jesus Christ is not only a refuge to protect, but He's also our sustenance and our food. He's everything. He's everything. Like a rich, luxuriant, and prolific tree which gives not only shelter to the traveler. And and remember in those days, they would travel by foot in the scorching heat. Oh, to see a tree in the distance. And it'd be a fruitful one. My. Not only do they find shelter under the tree, but they find fruit to eat. They find fruit to eat. So keep that in mind. That during those times they traveled by foot and they would seek shelter under a tree from the scorching heat. And think of this. We who are traveling through this world, we who are strangers and pilgrims, where do we find shelter? In Christ alone from the fire of tribulation and trials that happen all around us and to us, we find rest and repose in Christ alone. The only shelter for the traveler from the heat and food to live. So Christ is made of God to his people both life and light, strength and supply, wisdom and righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah chapter 25. Oh, what a refuge. What a refuge is Christ. What a tree to sit under. Isaiah 25, verses 4 and 5. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. Thou shalt bring down the noise of strangers as the heat in a dry place, even the heat with the shadow of a cloud. The breach of the terrible ones shall be brought low. He's our refuge, beloved. He's a shadow from the heat. Is he so for you? If he's not, I pray that God would grant you faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. When the souls of his people have Christ made known to them, when they see Christ in these pictures, they proclaim that God is true and that they dwell under his shadow and revive as the corn and grow as the vine. Turn, if you would, to Hosea chapter 14. They dwell under his shadow and revive as the corn and grow as the vine. Hosea chapter 14, verses 5 to 7. 
I will be as the dew unto Israel, verse 5. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as an olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Oh, beloved, his fruits are all the precious privileges of the new covenant purchased by his blood. Purchased by his blood. When Christ is revealed to the sinner, to the bride in our text, they discover him to be a full, present, suitable, and all-sufficient Savior. She, the believer, sits down as one determined to rise up no more, to rest and repose in Him, in Him who is her bridegroom, in Him and under His shadow. And all the promises of God in Christ are sweet fruit to the believer. Sweet fruit to the believer. His word is sweet fruit to the believer. And we delight in his precepts. We delight in the law of God after the inward man. We delight in his holy scriptures. The pardoning grace of God in Christ is sweet fruit for the believer. Sweet fruit for the believer. Peace with God through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and peace of conscience which is only found in Christ, is sweet fruit for the believer. The assurances of God's love in Christ to the believer, the joys of the Holy Ghost, the hope of eternal life in Christ, is sweet fruit to the believer. And Christ is to the believer sweeter than honey in the honeycomb to our soul. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 73. The redeemed soul delights in Christ. We delight in Christ. We fully trust in Him, and we cry out with the psalmist, Whom have I in heaven but Thee? Whom have I in heaven but Thee? Look at Psalm 73, and we're starting verse 23. Psalm 73, verse 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Note, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. What a union between the believer, the believer has with Christ. It's an everlasting, abiding union with him. And we are blessed in him. And what joy this gives my soul. And I know what joy it gives we who are redeemed to know that we are united to Christ. That he's the head and we're the body. And it says, I'm continually with thee. He's continually with us, beloved. While the head exists, the members must exist too. So what security the believer has in Christ. What security we have in him. Because I live, ye shall live also, our great king says. Look at verse 24. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. 
Here we see the everlasting need of Christ to the church. We need him all the time. All the time. We need him to guide us while we're here on earth. And then what? He receives us up to glory. My. He's ever with us. He's continually with us. And he guides and directs us. And then look at verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. Whom have I in heaven but thee? This includes God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father is the psalmist's only covenant God and Father. Christ is the psalmist's only mediator. As the psalmist's only Savior. Only Redeemer. Only Head. Only Husband. Only Advocate. And only Intercessor. The Spirit as his only sanctifier, comforter, earnest and sealer. And this is expressive of they being the one and only Lord God. The three in one. The sole object of the church's worship. The sole object of our trust and our confidence. Our only helper. We have no helper but him. No helper but God. And the, the, the psalmist desires nothing in comparison to God. Nothing. Whom have I in heaven but thee? That's the believer's cry, isn't it? Where shall we go, Lord? Thou hast the words of eternal life. There is nowhere else to go. Nowhere else to go. Look at verse 26. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The Lord is his rock. The Lord is his strength. The Lord is the one who sustains him. And he is his portion forever, both in life and at death and all through eternity. All through eternity. So for the believer in Christ, nothing is can be to be compared to our God. Nothing's to be compared with the love of God towards his people. Nothing's to be compared to the grace found in Christ. Nothing. And they're to be loved and delighted in by his people. Look at verses 27 and 28. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all thy works. Verse 27, we see the end of the wicked. They, they perish in their sins. Those without Christ will perish in their sins. But look at verse 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. The psalmist declares that the Lord is the rock of, his, rock of his salvation, his refuge. He alone is his portion and his inheritance. And he will declare his mighty works of providence, his mighty works of grace, 
by proclaiming the wisdom, power, and goodness and faithfulness of God in them. We proclaim the wondrous works that God has done. So let's consider verse 4 now over in Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 4. Look at this. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. The bride is speaking in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 4, again, of the bridegroom. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Here the bride lovingly remembers and gratefully acknowledges that she has all the blessings of the king's house only because of the king's grace towards her. She remembers the first time when she came to know his love. Can you recall those first revelations of the Savior? of the Savior's love to your heart? Can you recall when he bought you into the banqueting house? Note it says in our text, he bought me to the banqueting house. He bought me to the banqueting house. Thy people shall be made willing in the day of his power. It's not by chance that you're here tonight. It's by God's sovereign decree. Just as every Sunday and every Wednesday, anyone who's here is by God's sovereign decree. But it says here, the bride says, he bought me to the banqueting house. And his banner over me was love. Keep in mind when it says he bought me to the banqueting house, the words over in the New Testament. And marvel at the free and sovereign grace of God in Christ and the mercy which being shown God's people. Now remember, he bought me to the banqueting house. No man, says our Lord, no man can come to me except my Father, which has sent me draw him. He bought me to the banqueting house. No man, says Jesus, cometh unto the Father but by me. He bought me to the banqueting house. It is the Spirit which quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. John chapter 6, verse 41, John chapter 14, verse 6, and John chapter 6, verse 63. It's all Him. Salvation is of the Lord. Of the Lord. And what a blessing it is for the believer to behold all the persons of the Godhead engaged in one in the same act to bring souls unto Christ. God the Father gave us to Christ in eternity. Christ came into this world to redeem us by his own precious blood. And the Holy Spirit lovingly draws us to Christ with cords of love. He's drawn. How delightful it is to the souls of the faithful when the Holy Spirit by his power brings us savingly to Christ. It gives us great delight when the Savior is revealed to us and when we are shown our need. And then we spend a lifetime. Think of this, beloved. Each week we come to the banqueting house to hear about our wonderful Savior. 
We spend after, after the Lord has saved us. We spend a lifetime having this truth revealed each time to us how we desperately need Christ. Every time we hear the gospel preached, we hear about our wonderful Savior and we see our continuous need for him. Gil brings forth that the banqueting house means his house of wines or his place of feastings. Where is Christ's banqueting house? Christ's banqueting house is the church of the living God. Oh, what a table is spread in the church of God. What a table is spread in the church of God. It's spread with the truths of the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace in Christ. Oh, see the table. See the table filled. God's covenant mercy. Unconditional election in Christ. Redemption through the blood of the substitute, the Lord Jesus Christ. Righteousness through Christ imputed to his people. Justification before God. Irresistible grace in the final perseverance. Or per perseverance in everlasting glory with Christ in heaven. The church is a place of rich banqueting. And when we feast, we feast upon the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the wine of the banqueting house of Christ is the fellowship and communion the believer has with Christ himself. Look again, it says, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Gil brings out that she was brought into the banqueting house in a grand, stately, and majestic manner with flying colors, the motto on which it scribed was love. And his banner over me was love. The allusion, Gil goes on, may be to the names of generals being inscribed on the banners of their armies. So Vespian's name was inscribed on the banners throughout his armies. Oh, beloved, this is a banner. And his banner over us is love. What love this is. Ponder this love. Eternal love. Eternal love. Special love. Distinguishing love. Electing love. Redeeming love. Preserving love. An irresistible love. And this is the banner by which his church is distinguished from all others in the world. By electing, redeeming, calling love. What security and protection the saints of God have in Christ under his banner. Under his banner. They march under the banner of love. And they are encompassed as a shield. Protected by he who is the everlasting God, by He who hath redeemed them with His own precious blood when He died at Calvary's cross, bearing, bearing the sin of His people. And the wrath of God fell upon Him for their sins. Is there greater love than this? No, none. No greater love. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. What a Savior! What a Redeemer is Christ. In His banner over us 
is love. In this life of conflict and spiritual warfare, we are led by our captain, beloved. We are led by the captain of our, of our souls, the captain of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we march under his banner, under his banner, And the banner of love is set over the church in her Lord's banqueting house. And it sets forth the victory that he has obtained. That he has obtained. Over death, over hell, and over the grave. So let us ask ourselves, has Jesus indeed been bought, bought us into his banqueting house? Can we at this moment look up and behold his banner over us? If not, I pray that God would be pleased to grant you faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we who are redeemed look and we see his banner over us. It's love in letters of blood on a pure white background. Love. Eternal love. Distinguishing love. What a Savior. What a Redeemer. He bought me to the banqueting house. He made me willing. And his banner over me was love. Gracious Heavenly Father, what a picture we've seen tonight. Oh, Lord Jesus, you truly are a refuge for all who trust in thee. A shadow cast by the great tree which you are, the tree of life for your people. And we only find rest under thee and in thee. No rest anywhere else but in you. We pray that you be glorified and magnified, and that you would use this message for your glory. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.